This is Garrison Harney with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. Gabe and I have made our return from Waterloo, Canada, and the Church at War Conference, where we were able to fellowship with the likes of Pastor Tim Stevens, Jacob Rayom, and Pastor James Coates, among the whole bevy of other rowdy Christians who gave up their comforts, their careers, and sometimes their families for our King Jesus Christ. Keep our brothers and sisters in Canada in your prayers. They make war against their wicked culture. Before I dive into the news, let's stop and take a moment to talk about Fight, Laugh, Feast Club membership. By joining the Fight, Laugh, Feast Army, not only will you be aiding in our fight to take down secular and legacy media, but you'll also get access to content placed in our club portals, such as past shows, all of our conference talks, and exclusive content for our club members that you won't be able to find anywhere else. Lastly, you'll also get discounts for our conferences. So, if you've got 10 bucks a month to kick over our way, you can sign up right now at FightLaughFeast.com. Now this, White House shuts down reporters' Fauci question on COVID origin, saying, quote, I'm done with you. Dr. Fauci, um, only, only 13% of... Hold on one second. We have a process here. I'm not calling out on people who yell. And you're being you're being you're being disrespectful to your colleagues and you're being disrespectful to our guests. I will not call on you if you yell. And also you're taking time off the clock because Dr. Fauci has to leave in a couple of minutes. I, I'm done. I'm not going. I'm not getting into a back and forth with you. Go ahead, Jeremy. Thanks. Dr. Fauci, um, but, but she's only, only third grade question. question. You're not being disrespectful. You ask your question. You should allow her to ask her question. Jeremy, it's Jeremy, it's Jeremy, it's Jeremy. It is not. It is not your turn. It is not your turn. You can't ask the same people. You can't read a press briefing. You need to call from people across the room. She has a valid question. She's asking about the origin of COVID. I hear the question. And Dr. Fauci is the best person I, to answer I that hear question. your question, but we're not doing this the way you want it. This is the disrespect. Is it it is. I'm done. Simon, I'm done. I'm Simon, I'm done. I'm done with you right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're taking time away from your colleagues. Well, now, order in the court, ladies and gentlemen. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre snapped at reporters who raised questions about the origins of COVID-19 during Tuesday's press briefing, which featured outgoing White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci. During questions after the White House coronavirus response team updated reporters on the administration's vaccine efforts, Daily Caller White House correspondent Diana Glebova attempted to ask a question regarding what Fauci has done to investigate the origins of COVID-19, but Jean-Pierre shut Glebova down and rebuked her for speaking out of turn. Then today, News Africa journalist Simon Atiba spoke up about her question and said it was valid and should be asked. Quote, you need to call on people across the room. She has a valid question. She's asked about the origin of COVID, Atiba said. Fauci, who will step down as dictator, oh, I'm sorry, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, in December has faced questions from Republican lawmakers over his agency's support for coronavirus research in China. NIAID, or NIAID, has provided millions of dollars in grant funding in EcoHealth Alliance, a nonprofit group that GOP critics claim has supported bat coronavirus research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China before the outbreak of COVID-19's pandemic. Lawmakers interested in the lab leak origins theory of COVID-19 want to probe whether that research was the genesis of the pandemic and whether Fauci played any role in approving money that was sent to the Wuhan lab. 
Moving on, here is the last uncalled House races as they stand two weeks from Election Day. As results from midterm elections continue to trickle in two weeks past Election Day, four critical House races in Alaska, California, and Colorado remain uncalled. Fox News Digital breaks down the outstanding races and what is taking so long. In California, California, which has two of the four uncalled races, is a predominantly vote-by-mail state, shocker, meaning every registered voter is automatically mailed a ballot 29 days prior to Election Day, with 22 million registered voters and weeks-long processing times, this means race calls can move very slowly in the Golden State. California still has 593,925 remaining ballots to be counted, according to estimates from the California Secretary of State's report on Monday. Of the unprocessed ballots remaining, about 500,000 of these ballots were mailed in election, offici- in election officials. California permits election authorities one month to complete tallying, which means voters could be waiting as late as December 8th for a final race outcomes. In California, 3rd Congressional District Republican Kevin Kelly holds a commanding lead over Democrat Kermit Jones. However, approximately only a little over half of ballots have been counted in the likely Republican race. California accepts mail ballots for the week following Election Day, although the ballots must be postmarked by November 8th. The ballots must also go through a signature verification process before being counted. second uncalled race in California lies in the state's 13th congressional district. This toss-up race is among the tightest remaining as Republican John Dwart narrowly leads Democrat Adam Gray by less than 800 votes. Moving on to Alaska. Alaska's at-large congressional district still remains uncalled, held up by the vote-counting process of the state's newly implemented ranked-choice voting system. The seat has been rated by Fox News' power rankings as lean Democratic as a result of the ranked-choice system that gives incumbent Democrat Rep. Mary Peltola an advantage against her Republican opponents, former Governor Sarah Palin and Nick Begich. Peltola led in the first round of the vote, with Palin in second and Begich in third, but failed to secure 50%, meaning those who voted for the candidate with the least number of votes will have their second-choice vote reallocated to the other candidates until one reaches 50%. Election officials will commence the counting of second- and third-place votes November 23rd, meaning that Alaskans may know the final outcome of the House race by end of day, if all goes as expected. (laughs) We'll see. Colorado. Colorado predominantly votes by mail, but processing is much swifter than California. In 2020, 90% of the vote was counted by Wednesday morning after the election day, according to the Associated Press. Even so, mail-in ballots from out-of-state and overseas military service members can arrive as late as Wednesday, as long as they were postmarked by election day. Despite relatively speedier ballot processing times, Colorado's third house district still remains too close to call. Incumbent Republican Rep. Lauren Boebert was not expected to have much such a close race with her Democratic opponent, Adam Frisch, in the, in the likely Republican seat. The one-term congresswoman is narrowly leading the vote count by a little more than 500 votes, according to the Associated Press. Though the race qualifies for a recount under Colorado state law, Frisch conceded to Boebert on Friday. However, the Associated Press has still not called the race as of Tuesday. Speaking of the Associated Press... AP fires reporter responsible for fake story alleging Russian missiles hit Poland. The Associated Press has reportedly fired journalist Jim Laporta, who was one of the two bylines that ran with the false report that Russian missiles hit Poland. The only source of that story was anonymous, which goes against AP's policy. 
The retracted story aligned that a senior U.S. intelligence official said that Russian missiles crossed into NATO member Poland, killing two people. The story was taken down the next day and replaced with an editor's note stating that the story was false and that the subsequent reporting showed that the missiles were Russian-made and most likely fired by Ukraine in defense against a Russian attack. AP's news values principles and state there must be more than one anonymous source to run a story unless the material comes from an authoritative figure who provides information so detailed that there is no question of its accuracy, the AP said. Laporta wrote the article along with John Lester, who is still working with the AP. Moving on, Gen Z, whose votes bolster Democrats in midterms, are suffering massive pandemic-induced depression. Millions of Gen Zers are struggling with mental health problems, according to a new survey which reveals many of these problems were first identified during the COVID-19 pandemic. It is further evidence that the serious health consequences caused by the social distancing measures taken in response to the virus. Gen Z is the third largest population in America after millennials and baby boomers, while Zoomers are often singled out by their praise by the corporate media for racial and sexual diversity. It's also becoming clear Many of them are suffering mental health issues to a far greater degree than earlier generations. The survey was carried out by Harmony Healthcare IT, an Indiana-based data management company. Just over 1,000 individuals aged 18 to 24 with a roughly equal gender balance were asked a range of detailed questions about their mental health. 42% of those surveyed said they were suffering from a diagnosed mental health problem, with 25% saying their diagnosis took place during the pandemic. Anxiety, depression, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, and bulimia were just some of the conditions the respondents reported. By comparison with millennials or Gen Xers, Zoomers are twice as likely to report struggling with emotional distress on a daily basis. Near 70% said that they felt the pandemic had a negative effect on their mental health. Zoomers appeared to be deeply anxious, with 85% saying they were worried about the future. 9 out of 10 Zoomers diagnosed with a mental health issue have anxiety, and 8 out of 10 suffer from depression. Particular concerns for Zoomers include personal finances, the economy, their health, the environment, politics, and the workplace. Three-quarters of Zoomers say they feel disadvantaged by comparison with older generations, and 90% have a hard time picturing a stable future for themselves. 20% of the study participants said they have a regular therapist, while 57% take regular medication. 39% attend therapy for mental health issues at least once a week. The study is further evidence that the pandemic, in particular the social distancing measures adopted by most governments around the world, had serious adverse consequences for the young that far outstrip any damage they might have suffered from contracting the virus. Other studies have already substantiated the mental effects of isolation and exposure to fear and uncertainty about the virus's effects. A meta-analysis from the University of Calgary suggested that many, as many as one in four children worldwide are now suffering from depression and anxiety as a result of the pandemic. These unintended effects have not just been psychological. A recent study showed children are exercising less and spending more time sitting down than ever before as a result of the pandemic. Researchers at the University of Bristol revealed that fewer than 4 out of 10 children were doing sufficient daily exercise at the end of 2021. Obesity rates have risen at a staggering pace, according to the American CDC. The restrictions are even believed to have affected babies in the womb. A study based on a review of 250 babies born in New York between March and December 2020 suggested that the pandemic had serious adverse developmental effects on newborns. 
even if the mother had not had COVID-19 during the pregnancy. The researchers believe that the increased maternal stress during pregnancy may be to blame, as well as reduced interactions with other infants and more stressful interactions with parents and caregivers. It looks like the effects of the pandemic and the overzealous responses of government experts, I put that in quotes, will continue to to ramify through the increasingly unhappy lives of our younger generations long after COVID-19 itself becomes a distant memory. Let's take a moment to talk to one of, about one of our sponsors, Accountable to You. Is your smartphone a tool in the service of Christ or a minefield of distractions and temptations? With soul-killing seductions just a few taps away, our families and churches must embrace biblical accountability on our digital devices. Accountable to You makes that transparency easy on all your family's devices by sharing app usage and detailed browsing history, including incognito mode with your spouse, parent, or chosen accountability partner. Accountable to You helps your family to proactively guard against temptation so you can live with integrity for God's glory. Learn more and try it for free at accountable2u.com slash FLF. That's accountable2u.com slash FLF. Now, it's time for my favorite topic, sports. Let's just go through some scores here for the NFL, college football, and college basketball. Let's start in the college ranks, my favorite. Number 14, Utah, and number 10, Oregon. Oregon takes down the Utes 20-17. to Some good Pac-12 football here. And let's head south. USC, UCLA, the battle for LA. The USC Trojans come out on top. Their record still stands with only one loss. 48-45, to a crucial interception sealed the deal in Los Angeles. How about this one? Tennessee was still hoping for a chance at the college football playoff. Not anymore. South Carolina destroys Tennessee 63-38. to Tennessee's defensive coordinator's got to be feeling good about that one. Elsewhere, heading north, Michigan takes down Illinois 19-17. to You know, Jim Harbaugh's game style of power run offense and gritty defense. You're just going to have games like that at some point. Michigan came out on top in that one. How about TCU? Number four, TCU, Texas Christian University, in name only, unfortunately, with their LGBTQ dorms. But hey, they got the win here, 29 to 28. They still have a shot at the college football playoff. As, and moving on to number one, they definitely have a shot at the college football playoff is Georgia. Number one, Georgia defeats Kentucky 7, 16 to 6, and they're just looking ever impressive as the season moves on. But how about from football? Basketball. Let's head over to the court as number 10, Creighton, defeats Texas Tech 76-65. to Texas Tech was number 21 in that game, and I believe that was the Maui Invitational at that where Creighton took down the Red Raiders. And also in the Maui Invitational, number 17, San Diego State, takes down Ohio State 88-77. to San Diego State's always got a solid program. Number 14, Arizona, takes down Cincinnati 101-93. to Gabe and I were actually watching that game on our way home from the airport. And uh, let me tell you, Arizona looked pretty impressive. Number nine, Arkansas takes down Louisville, 80-54. to Louisville, it used to be a blue blood program. They're now 0-4. The last time they started 0-4, they started the season 0-11. Is that a sign of things to come? We'll see. Let's check in on the NFL before we wrap things up. The Kansas City Chiefs are continuing to hum along. They defeat the Chargers 30-27. to They're just tough to beat. And uh, the Cincinnati Bengals defeat the Steelers 37-30 to in a high, hotly contested game. 
big win for the Bengals in that AFC North. The Cowboys, Gabe's team, the water boy. He's happy after this one. Cowboys defeat the Vikings 40-3. to That was the biggest win, away win, rather, road win for the Cowboys. 37 points, the difference there. And, my, and that was a good Vikings team, by the way. I think the Vikings only had one loss going into that game. So impressive win for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys there. The Raiders and the Broncos, battle of bottom dwellers in the AFC West. The Raiders come out on top 22-16. to What has happened in Denver? Russell Wilson, $240 million from the Broncos to go down to Denver, and they are struggling with a 3-7 and record. Just a brutal season for the Broncos. The Eagles defeat the Colts to stay at just two losses on the season because they lost a week prior, but they take down the Colts, bounce back win, 17-16. Tough road game. And the Patriots defeat the Jets 10 to 3. And there was some drama out of this one with Zach Wilson, the quarterback of the Jets, that had one of the most abysmal games of a quarterback as I could see. And uh, the press conference, he didn't exactly seem to take responsibility. And his teammates were a little bit fed up by that one. So uh, the coach of the Jets has not committed to a starting quarterback by the end of this week. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this cross-politic daily news brief. If you liked the show, hit that share button for me down below. That's like currency for us. If you want to become a club member or sign up for a magazine subscription, head on over to fightlaughfeast.com. You can do both of those there. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about our conferences, or if you want to become a corporate partner of CrossPolitik, you know what to do. Email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless.